Howdy. Thanks for tuning in. This week, we're bringing you an interview with Tanya Ferguson. She's a mom of four, wife, small business owner, and two-time Barndo builder. Her build story is rather unbelievable and quite the testament to her faith. So let's jump right in. In three, two, one. We built a shop and then later came back and built an apartment in half of it. And like, so we did it totally different. Um, And then so fast forward five years, six years, um, when we built this one, the barn dominium, the actual big house attached to the shop, it was like night and day difference. We walked into the bank and got funding. Um, We had builders in town that built barndos. There's an actual barndo shop house builder in town now, like radically different in five years, radically different. And so we had tons of people come out to the shop house and tour it. And when it went on the market, like we had like a hundred showings, like, I mean, people wanted in their bag because they'd never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. So five years later, there's tons in town. There's a whole little community out in the country of Barndos. Um, what? Yeah. There's one 45 minutes away of Barndo community. Like it is taking off in the Midwest. So I have people that contact me all the time and ask, like, I know this is weird, but like, we're getting ready to build a barn doll. And can I ask you some questions? Or yeah. can I come see? And I'm like, would you want to come see it? And they're like, oh, would you let me? And I just yeah. think it's like this, it feels like this taboo thing. But what you're doing is you're shining light on a really hot trend that we haven't fully seen through yet. Like, I exactly. think that the, I think the banking world and the lending industry is understanding this is not a trend that's just here and gone. Like this is right. the new thing. People want metal structures. People want metal roofs. Insurance companies love us, right? Yeah, we're, we're awesome for low fire hazard, low you know, low hail problems. I mean, they just, it's interesting to me from our step one to our step two. Well, first of all, we, you know, we, we learned things and build totally different the second time, but um, just how the market changed, how the accept, the accept, uh, how quickly the bank accepted our. Wow. So were both uh, of your structures um, pole barn type style builds or? The first one was a pole barn that we then framed an apartment inside, concrete floors. Um, the, so the, the RV was on the left side and we had like a garage and a storm shelter because there's no basement. And then on the right side, we did this little like um, two story with a big open floor plan, 1300 square foot apartment. And we were living in our RV at the time. And so we would just come pull our RV in the left side and just in stocking feet on rugs back and forth, unload six people into this apartment for six weeks. I'd swap out all our clothes and our school books, whatever we needed. And then we'd load back up all under roof, right? She'll only be running out in Kansas rain or storms to load and unload. And we hit the road again. This house is actually a traditionally framed home connected to a um, pole barn. So um, so in our situation, a barn dominium is a connected house and shed, all clad in metal mm-hmm. um, and all as one unit. So we have a 6,000 square foot house connected to a 5,000 square foot shop, nice. all in metal. Yeah. So it's awesome. awesome. Six people living in 400 square feet for six years. <laughs> and then we come into this space and I'm like, our RV could fit like right here in this living room. Like I just, I stand there and I show the kids, I'm like, do you see this space? Like we live for six years in the space between the front door and the gr- and the, the basement stairs. And we loved it. We'd go back to it in a heartbeat because we loved it that much. So what so, was the inspiration for building the second barn dominium then? Um, so, so our faith is super important to us. Everything we do is faith-based. And so when the Lord told us to sell our farm in Kansas and move into an RV for six months, we sold everything and we did it. 
two years in on the road, um, our tax account was like, look, I'd love to help you keep deducting mileage for your business, but like you have to have an address in Kansas. It's like, you need to build something here. So we bought land, put up the shed, two years later, came back and finished the apartment inside of it, right? And then um, that six months on the road actually turned into six amazing years. We went to 47 different states. Um, we actually planned on living and retiring in our big bus RV uh, because it was going so well. And we just thought it was so fun. And in 2019, the Lord said, I need you to go back to Kansas and I need you to buy land. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. I don't really want to go back to Kansas and I don't really want to buy land. Um, no, thank you. And Dale's like, well, you know, land is a really good investment. They don't make more land. We could buy land and just still travel. And I'm like, well, that's a good compromise. So we came home. We tried to find 20 acres. We actually found 40. It's right off of paved road. We're five minutes from town, but we're a half mile off the road. And so when you come back here, it feels like you're in your like own rural environment, but you're five minutes from the grocery store in the mall. So um, we bought it and I'm like, check, check. Thank you, Lord. And we hit the road again. And then he says, oh, hey, I need you kids to go home and build a house. And I'm like, I don't want to build a house. I have a house on wheels. Why would I build a house? Like, I literally do not want to stick in bricks house. Like, how boring is that? And he's like, I need you to. And I said, Dale, do you feel this? And he's like, yeah. He's like, we're supposed to do something here. He said, I don't quite get it yet, but let's walk this out and see what happens. So we pulled up a floor plan online. The very first one we found, we kept, we tweaked it to how we wanted it. No we broke way. Ground. Yeah, for, oh real. for real. We broke ground. Um, so we came home from Florida in our RV two weeks before the pandemic hit and the world shut down. So we hunkered down in Kansas throughout that whole year and a half of crazy. We were oh, two weeks ahead oh of gosh. every shortage that the market experienced. When everyone was out of treated lumber, we had our treated lumber package. When everyone was out of trusses, we already had our trusses. When the world ran out of light switches, we had already finished that part of our build. And so I do believe blessing follows obedience. And because we obeyed and started a project we didn't understand yet, we really um, we really beat it. We beat it till the very end when OSB went from $7 a, a sheet at the beginning of our build when we finished our build, it was 28. And when we went back to finish the storage room in the basement, because I just wanted some shelves down there, it was $48 a sheet. So we're like, well, we'll just wait on that. We don't need that right now. <clears throat> yeah, seriously, we were ahead of it by two weeks. I'm not joking, the entire time. That's insane. Well, that, I mean, that's that's a hell of a, an answer to why, why it was that you needed to do that when you did. Oh my gosh. So, okay, let me go ahead and make a quick introduction real quick. Yeah. This is Emily. Hi. Hi, Emily. So nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. I apologize for being late. We've had a- Well, listen, it's not your fault your van about blew up on the side of the road. I mean, it's, I mean, it could, you could say it's my fault that we haven't gotten me a new car, but- (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Well, that's absolutely wild. So we were just talking about how- they felt called to do what they did when they did in terms of building their mm-hmm. second barn dominium and how wild it is that they were two weeks ahead of all of the insanity with COVID, like riding the wave two weeks ahead of everything <laughs> jumping in price shortages, crazy. like the whole nine. Uh, we definitely didn't fall into that category. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was not our story at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we, we did have a few delays. Um, I picked out one of those giant sub-zero fridge freezers, the huge 
beautiful. Mm-hmm. I waited a whole year for it. So a whole year that said empty and we'd walk past it and go all the way out to the other side, the 5,000 square foot shop. We'd go through the house, all the way across the shop to our little RV fridge until I found one scratch and dent to put out in the mudroom, like the chicken egg, extra watermelon, extra milk fridge. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Finally, one of those. So I said, after almost a year of no, or nine months of having no fridge, how many times do you think we're going to walk past this little, you know, this giant, gorgeous, this giant, gorgeous fridge we waited a year for? How many times are we going to walk past it and go to the tiny shop fridge? And my son, my 15 year old son was the worst. He'd stack up all the, all the dishes, all the dinner leftovers. And I'd hear him walk out to the mudroom and be like, oh, dang it. And he'd come back inside and, you know, you just get used to what you get used mm-hmm. to. But that was probably the biggest delay was a year for the fridge. Um, oh my but it was worth waiting for. It was big and pretty. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I get that. We ordered a um, true refrigeration, like glass front. We call it the Kardashian fridge um, yes. with the custom colors. And um, they said it was going to be like 18 weeks because it was a custom color. And I was like, I thought it was going to be way worse than that. Like, sure. Yeah. (laughs) 18 weeks is nothing in this market. I know. Well, my front door is the one that we're waiting on. We ordered it over a year ago now. It was supposed to be here in November and it's Mm -hmm. nowhere to be found. So. Yep. Shipping delays and product chain disruption. And there's so many things to overcome right now when you're trying to build your house and trying to finish your house. Yes. Absolutely. Dale, we were really blessed. So Dale, so my husband, Dale, um, retired when he was 34 from his insurance job to come home and do a home-based business with me. It's part of the reason we were able to go on the road together for six years and live in our RV with our family. Um, so he became our builder. Um, he, we have a really good friend from New York that is a scratch builder. And when I say scratch builder, I mean, he digs the first dirt pile and he lays the last brick. Like he does it all. He doesn't subcontract any of it. They um, also, because they do home bases with us, they live in their RV. So they came to Kansas to live for um, about six months to help us with our build. Wow. They lived just down the road at an RV park, um, state, a state RV park. And um, he and Dale busted out. So we had the local, um, we have, we're, we're in an Amish community. We're close by an Amish community. We're like in the heart of America, you know, where the farmers are and the, and the Amish communities are. And so there's a, a man in Yoder, Kansas that has a construction company that does barndos and does shops and does shop houses. So he and his crew came out and framed and meddled our home. And then they left it to us and Dale and his buddy finished it in four months. So from start to finish, our barndo took seven months. No from the first way. Seriously, when you, when you don't subcontract anything and you're not working outside the home, you can really put some hours in oh at your and get it done. So we were living in our second, our first little shop house this whole time. And then when it got closer to being done, Dale said, well, should we just move into the RV again and park the RV out here at the new house? Because we have full hookups in and out of the shed. And I'm like, well, that's a good idea. So we get out here and our carpet is delayed, right? It's really the only thing we're waiting for is, is the carpet. So every bedroom is just plywood. Well, the kids were like, please come inside and have a sleepover with us just one night, please. So we unpack all the mattresses. We all have a sleepover in this house on like, I'm like vacuuming the plywood floors, like the part, you know what I'm talking about? The Whatever the floors are made of, I'm like vacuuming, trying to get ready. And um, the tax strips, I'm like covering with towels so no one pokes their, we're literally waiting for this carpet that's delayed, right? We had a carpet delay and um, we never moved back out. 
we when the carpet guy came we just stacked all the mattresses in the living room and then as each bedroom was done moved it back out so we just kind of slumber partied in here with the raw floor and um oh it was so fun it was part of the adventure I feel like yeah. of, of what we got to accomplish so it felt like home immediately for y'all then y'all were very comfortable immediately yep. I used to pack up supper and bring it out to Dale and we'd have a picnic you know under the under the rafters or under the whatever had been done that day and the kids and I would just want to stay out here and Dale's like well I've been here since six I'm going home and I'm like oh I just got here it's so fun to be here he's like no it's not no it's not I want to go home (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh so then y'all do still RV in the winter y'all are in y'all are away like the whole winter yeah so we went ahead and sold our RV and bought a cottage down in Florida at our favorite RV resort where we used to park the RV it's actually at this point with fuel prices more affordable for us to just own down there and hop in the car and road trip down. And so um, we do go down for the whole winter. We decided being, um, well, not, we used to say we're 30 year old snowbirds. Now we're 40 year old snowbirds, but we decided <laughs> being 40 year old snowbirds is pretty dang awesome. So in spite of building our dream home in Kansas, we do maintain a Florida uh, tiny house so that we can still go down and escape Kansas brutal brutal cold winters so uh so we peace out and then we come back for the spring when it's time to do the garden and uh get the house all open back up oh that's so cool I love that thank you yeah that is way cool that's super ideal for like a lot of people (laughs) yes yes so we just have a property manager that kind of keeps an eye on this place we've talked about renting it out but you know when it's your home sweet home it's a little different than maybe even like i don't mind renting out the florida one because it's not our main residence but this one like your heart is here your grandmother's antique china lives here like you know i just don't know how i feel about it so we just have we just have somebody watch it yeah now that's so neat so i probably missed this part but when did you guys move into where you're currently at we moved in last, um, well, this October will be two years ago. So oh, like okay. a year and a half ago. Sure. And um, this is our second, I would say second Bondo Shouse type build. Our first one was truly a metal shop that we finished a 1300 square foot apartment inside. Just something we needed, something to come back to about six weeks at a time between, you know, East Coast and West Coast runs. We lived on the road for six years. We, we the, the, world was our playground. We lived small so we could live big. You know, we lived big for a long time. And um, <clears throat> I truly never thought we would quit RVing. I, I honestly didn't. And I was um, telling Megan, the Lord called us back home right before the pandemic. And you'll hear this, I'm sure on the loop, <clears throat> but uh, didn't want to obey, bawled my eyes out. The day that RV drove out of my driveway, I sobbed like I lost a child. Like I'm telling you, that was like my that was our thing. And, and, you know, when you live small like that, you have to be really intentional. You, um, you have a lot of grand adventures. I have four children that are like besties because their bedroom was a living room whose couches folded out at night. And in the daytime, it was school and living room and dining room and kitchen and all the, the hub of the home. Um, so for the first time ever at this house, this new one, we just felt they all have their own room and their own bathroom. And I expect them to treat it like an apartment. They, they clean it. They do their own laundry. Like, they are responsible for that space. And uh, why should I put away all That's of it? Amazing. And they are like, oh, they think it is the most amazing. Like yeah. never in their life have they had their own space in their own room. At the farmhouse we used to live at, they shared rooms in the RV. We shared everything. And so now this is like a real treat. They each got to pick their own like color palette and design. And like, what do you want? And are you okay having a Jack and Jack with your brother? And like the sister wanted her own, but that's the guest bathroom. So you best be keeping it like 
spotless and you know everybody kind of had their thing that's so cute so and how old are your kids now so I have an 11 year old boy a 13 year old girl a 15 year old boy and an 18 year old girl and everybody but one has a summer birthday so we're almost like 12 12 14 (laughs) and 19 I'm about to have a 19 year old I'm like man I am really grown up now that is very big I swear they were all little and they were going to be little forever and then and then it's not so they definitely you know I think the other thing I was going to tell you when God called us home right before the pandemic I also think he spared us from a really uncomfortable season in the RV because when kids hit their teen years they grow and my Son is like six foot now. And we used to sleep on camping cots. They would sleep on camping cots and those fold-out couches. I don't know that three of the four would even fit on the beds they used to pre, you know, like when we used to live in the army and they were fine. We moved out right as everybody kind of hit that teen growth spurt years. Yeah, Um, It just, it blows my mind. You know, the, the goodness of our father, it blows my mind just because every detail was orchestrated to perfection around the pandemic, around the shortages, around my children's lives, growth spurts, teen needs, like teen needs are a little different than little kid needs. And so um, it's just cool. It's cool looking back. I, like I said, lots of tears, but it's cool looking back. Yeah. That's awesome. What a great story. Yeah, thanks. Thank I know. Well, you. it's funny that you mentioned that about the kids growing. Cause that was something Emily and I talked about previously is, you know, like the size, like we're building a house for we built with adoption and having more kids in mind. So yes. it's the three of us right now. Um, and we're about to move into a 3,800 square foot house with a 3,800 square foot garage. That's so awesome. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, we were talking about, yeah, well, we were talking about how like, it just, it feels like too much house almost, but whenever you think about kids growing and becoming their own people with their own stuff and their own needs, like, and they're big, they're big, tall yeah. people. When you reach up to hug them, it's so weird. Yeah. I know you can't imagine that right now because yours is so little and cute still and you can just I reach up to hug my son goodnight it's the weirdest thing but it's so beautiful and they're yeah. so cool and fun and like you have these great deep conversations and they bring all their stinky friends over and you get to like mom all of them and feed them and hug them and make you know make help them make good choices and then send them back home to their parents like it's, <laughs> it's, you're gonna love your space for that so interesting story we came home looking for 20 acres and the Lord provided 40 on land that we tried to buy seven years ago and were laughed off the phone, like full story. Um, but we were trying to build a one level 3000 square foot home attached to this big shop and Dale's shop was going to be bigger than my house. And a little bit of a problem with that, but whatever, right. You can have this big shop. And as we're planning and we're like doing the groundwork, Dale and the builder are like, this is a hill. Like we're built on a hill. So the back of our property is all forest to the road. The front of our property is just Kansas prairie grass as far as I can see and then trees in the pond. And I had this particular place I wanted the house. I wanted the house north, northwest. So I could see the sunset. So I could see all the sky of the prairie. And they're starting to dig and do groundwork. And they're like, you know, you could do a basement. This is like a perfect lookout basement, not walkout unless you want to bring in a lot of dirt, but perfect lookout. And we're like, well, we didn't budget for a basement. We're just going to do a party loft above the the garage, above the shop. And and then we got to talking about how hot up is, how much more work it is, how when you leave your home to go to a hangout space, you're less likely to use it. There's less eyes on the teenagers. So we're like, well, what if we did do a basement? Mm -hmm. We call it our blessing basement because in the end, we were able to finish 3,000 square feet below ground as well. And so now there's a ton of room. So we call it the party basement. And um 
oh my gosh, like air hockey and shuffleboard and pin my old pinball machine from when I was a kid. I'm looking for a jukebox. <laughs> Our builder built me a movie theater room with, um, oh, the raised stairs in the back for short people that can never see in the back row. Like he, he designed our basement because I wasn't planning a basement at all. And then I tweaked his design. So it turned out fun. So that's actually um, my, our first um, shop house was 1950s retro themed. And so I actually looked for a year and a half and found a 1954 working bright orange, kind of the color of my right here, um, bright orange, 1954 working stove and fridge. And I built the whole house around it, like gray and white and robin's egg blue and this orange the whole like i wanted the whole house to be this well so when we when we sold it i brought it with me so i'm we're working on finishing the basement right now and doing the kitchen down there so i'm trying to do it like 1950s style retro with like the boomerang countertops and i found some cool floor and um i kind of want that to be the teenage space like have bubbly and aha and like snacks and popcorn and um dale's mom got us a popcorn machine down there and just some like make that the cool hangout spot. Cause I've got more college kids over here than I know what to do with half the time. And so I'm like, go play in the basement. I'll bring you some food and we can talk about how it's going. And that sounds wow, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So we call it our blessing basement. Cause again, we were not budgeting or planning for it. So we cash rolled the basement as far as we could with money in our savings, because when we went to finance, like we were only financing the top floor. Right. And so um, it really, it worked out really well. And I will tell you for the people listening um, that are thinking about building a basement, our builder <clears throat> talked me into a back staircase. Our main staircase has a sharp landing and a turn. And while we were pouring concrete, he poured this back staircase. And I'm like, that is a waste. Like, why do we need two staircases? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Do a back staircase. Do you know it leads straight to the utility room down there? Like where all the stuff is. Like if someone would come work on it, they could just cut through the concrete floor of the mudroom, go straight down the back staircase. That's how we got the couch. The sectional, the pool table, the TV, like everything went down the straight, wide back stairs. Nice. Um, so, okay, so he was right. He was right. <laughs> the one spot I thought that I shouldn't have, okay? Yeah. I had everything else okay, but that one, that one he won on. And it was, I, it's genius. It really, and it doesn't cost that much at the time of the bill. It doesn't. Yeah. That is a really cool addition. Well, it sounds like you guys left RVing and traveling to go everywhere else and like do the things and you brought all of those things back into your house. I mean, I know that during COVID for us, we like, we struggled. We couldn't find anywhere to go on a date. We couldn't get out of the house. You know what I would have paid to get out of the house and get away from that man? Like we could not, like, it sounds like y'all have somewhere to go all the time and something to do all under one roof. And that's, that's pretty cool. I think a lot of houses used to be built that way. And then we got very minimalistic and now you have like maybe a, a game room and that's about it. But y'all really intentionally built and, and maximized that space. That's too cool. Yeah. Thank you. We really wanted this to be a place to gather. Um, the Lord kept speaking, gather to us. And so um, we knew this would be a place where our families would come. And so like the main living room, dining room, and kitchen is one massive room. It's really funny on the floor plans. I had these little couches and tables and like coffee bars drawn. And I'm like almost in tears saying, you know, Dale, I think that we built too small. I walk in and like, you know, when framing is up, everything seems tiny till the drywall yeah. comes and then it's massive. So I'm thinking like, you're going to pull out the chair to the dining room and crash into the island. You're going to pull out the, you're going to sit on the couch and the, whoever's at the table is going to hit the couch. Y'all, we can get like 40 people in our living room, dining room and kitchen. No problem. Like I was so, it's just, it's a trick, right? It's such a trick to try to look at a tiny piece of paper and think my giant sectional is going to fit here. 
And this, right. you're going to have tons of room to walk around. It doesn't look like that on paper, but it all worked out. Um, and so one of my, one of my goals upstairs was that at the turn of a dime, like right now in 10 minutes, I could be ready for 40 of you to come over and hang out with me in my living room, dining room and kitchen. We have a massive Island for tons of food and fellowship. I did not do a TV on the main floor. Um, well, it, Dale and I have one in our bedroom because the kids steal the movie theater with all their friends and we never get to watch a movie night. So like we have one in our room, but I did not do a TV in the family room upstairs because I want you to sit and talk to me. I want you to have coffee with me and tell me about your life. Like really wanted it to be a space of community and fellowship. Um, okay. And we built very intentionally around this heart of the home mentality and this idea of um, having a giant coffee bar out at all times with tea and coffee so that we can be hospitable, um, double oven. So I can have a roast and the potatoes in the oven, um, a butler's pantry where all the mess tucks away, like really tried to think of, of things that would make it easy to be yeah. the ones to entertain because six years in an RV with 400 square feet, you didn't get to have people over. I mean, we tried, we still did. We ate outside a lot, but, um, that's the part I miss most decorating and hosting. Oh my gosh, that's too cool. Well, you, you just made me think of something that maybe you've already thought about, but when we designed our house, I had it in mind that we we're going to be here for at least six years. And I have a younger sister. Well, my, I got married in my mom's living room. We fit 60 people in my mom's living room and I got married awesome. in front of her big double doors that go to the patio. So that's cool. when we designed our house, it was like, how neat would it be if, cause Catherine loves the beach. We're right by the beach. If she decided to come up here whenever she wants to get married and they could just get married to our house and we'll like seed the house to them for as long as they want to hang out and, you know, honeymoon here or whatever, we'll go somewhere else. But mm -hmm. how cool would that be? And like you mentioned 40 people in your living room, like I'm, I'm willing to bet that we could fit at least 60 people in our living room. Like mm -hmm. that is too cool. I'm, I'm no, but that's, that. Isn't that what you built your home around though? These like heart felt like in your heart, quiet ponderings that you've had, like these thoughts and these feelings and these memories that trigger these decisions, like building a house is really an extension of who you are because um, I know it overwhelms some people. They don't love it, but I loved every detail because I wanted this to be our forever home. I wanted, I wanted the family wedding. I wanted the Christmas morning memories. Like I do think you build with your heart and your, your memories in mind. And like what you just said, what a beautiful legacy to pass down to a sister or a son someday. Like, well, this is where so-and-so got married, but let's do that here. We could do the same thing. And, and what a beautiful place to create that legacy in your own home that you built with your own hands, right. Or by the sweat of your brow and, and the dreams in your heart. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like we, our first home, my husband and I lived in, uh, his great grandpa built. And so that drove so much of how we even like finished, cool. finished out our houses because I, you know, you keep imagining like, Oh, maybe someday Paul will be the great grandpa yeah. that somebody lives in the house. Then they're like, he actually built it like with his own two hands and stuff. So I think that's so beautiful. And it's so, it's so fun to be able to see where you're coming from in your journey. I mean, you're, you're ahead in your kids' age uh, from Megan and I. And so it's so cool to see a family, like this is what it kind of turns into once, once you're not completely like feeling like you've been run over by a truck every morning. I promise it gets better. And I promise it's going to be a day that you get up and you walk barefoot out into this living room, dining room and kitchen that you put your whole heart into. And you just take a breath. Like I still, we're, we're almost two years in this house and it still feels shiny new. And every morning I walk out and I see that big bank of windows looking out into the prairie 
And I, and I step out onto my prayer porch and I hear all the birds singing and I sit in my rocking chair with my tea and I'm like, God, this is it. Like you let us do this. This is the biggest blessing and dream come true of my life. Even though I fought you, even though I didn't know I wanted it, you knew this is what we needed for such a time as this. And it's just like, it gives me goosebumps even now talking about it because we are creating an environment where our children's friends want to come hang out. I've always wanted to be the cool house. I've always wanted to know where the kids are. I want the ability to influence positively. Um, they, uh, my name's Tanya. They call me Mamya. Okay. That's like so cool. I give mom hugs. And if you leave hungry, it's your own <laughs> fault. Cause I show them the fridge. I show them, I have baskets of food in the pantry, like all the like teenager Sam's club bulk snacks. Like if they leave hungry, it's their fault, but like there's rules, take off your shoes, come give mommy a hug. Do you need something to eat? We don't say bad words. Don't use God's name in vain, edify and uplift and be kind to others. Welcome to my home. Treat it like yours. Like we've created this like uh, space for them. And, and that's what you guys are doing. So right now it looks like toddler blocks and nap time, but it's going to morph into, how's it going, mama? Thanks for having me for supper. Do you have a minute to talk? And isn't that what we want? Yes. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yep. Or, and when you say walk out of your room barefoot, you actually can like walk without getting crumbs and Legos stuck under your feet. <laughs> I Listen, I added that on purpose because I cannot tell you how many times I pre-cleaned this house that was for naught because as soon as I had it clean, they would bring the giant 10 by five um, quartz and they would saw the sink and then I'd have to start over and I'd cry and then yeah. they'd do another mess. Then they'd sand and I'd cry again. I'm like, why do I keep cleaning? But I wanted to walk in here without the grit all over my floor. My husband did not put down paper and I would recommend once your nice floor is in, put down some paper. It's worth yeah, it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Hey, it's Megan again. Thanks for listening to part one of our interview with Tanya. Next week in part two, we talk about future plans, Tanya's cost per square foot to build, and life after the build. Don't forget, guys, you're living the build life to get the good life. So we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in.